Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi guys, Colin Kelly here, executive producer of Rotoviz Radio and co-host of the Rotoviz Overtime Podcast with Sean Siegel. We are closing in on 200 episodes and it's competition time, but more on that in just a moment. I want to let you know as a loyal podcast listener, as always, you can save yourself 10% off a road of his NFL pass. All you need to do is enter that code RVRadio2021 at checkout on the website or go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. You can get all the access to all of the great tools on the site, all of the content. Get yourself ready to win your fantasy championships this upcoming season. I mentioned competition time. Well, now here's the news. 200 episodes coming up here for myself and Sean. We're giving away some Rotoviz subscriptions. It's super simple to enter. Just drop a five-star review for Rotoviz Overtime on your favorite podcast app for a chance to win. The top prize is a three-month subscription and an appearance on a future Rotoviz Overtime podcast to get a talk with myself and Sean. Already have a Rotoviz subscription? Thank you for that. But don't worry, if you win, we'll add it on to your current subscription. So what are you waiting for? Drop that review today for the Road of His Overtime podcast. And of course, when you're there, drop a rating for today's show as well that you're listening along to. Thanks as always for being a loyal podcast listener on Road of His Radio. Enjoy the show. We're reacting to the 2021 NFL Draft on Roto Viz Radio. Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin, one of the owners at Rotoviz, alongside Travis May, our Devi coordinator, host of the College to Canton podcast. All things prospects, all things rookies. He is filling in for Curtis this week. Travis, how are you doing? 
I'm doing fantastic. It, it is full on rookie season. I'm already in the middle of some rookie drafts, doing some uh, dynasty everything, and, and really uh, working on my top 100 rookie series. So I, this is perfect, talking about uh, more NFL incoming rookie stuff. Nice. Yeah, so as everybody heard, Cur uh, Curtis, Travis, and uh, Nathan Powell and myself, we reacted to round one pretty much live last week. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're going to look through rounds two uh later in the week we'll probably get into round three boy some interesting picks made let's just pop <laughs> right into it travis and start with elijah moore picked 34 overall to the jets as a result of that he worked his way up in my rankings i'll give a real quick background here for anybody that forgets very fast 40 435 um, this was a player that put up 16 touchdowns in 29 games in college. Uh, sophomore season receiving dominator of 0.46, career dominator of 0.29, played at Ole Miss. Um, interesting group of players that now his new comps come up in the box score. Scott, you got the likes of Brandon Cooks, Calvin Ridley, DJ Chark, Will Fuller, uh, Torrey Smith. Of course, there's guys like... Andy Isabella, Nelson Aguilar, Anthony Miller. Uh, but nonetheless, this definitely improved his stock in my mind. What do you think of this, this landing spot for him, Travis? And, and how strong of a prospect is he now that we know his draft capital? You know, as I was listening live to, um, as I was listening live to the, the, the draft and just trying to figure out, uh, you know, where my favorite players are going to go, you know, seeing that Elijah Moore went to, the jets and my initial reaction right away was like oh gosh going <laughs> to the jets but the more but the more i thought about it, if, if they are they're trying to build weapons around their new quarterback they just drafted zach wilson uh they, they're spending a top 40 draft draft pick on this guy uh quarter is not getting any younger they brought in Corey davis to try to be kind of like an outside wide receiver elijah moore can do a little bit of everything though he's not just a lot he proved in his final season he could be even more efficient as an outside wide receiver. So I was really excited to see uh, just that vote of confidence and, and early capital uh, coming from uh, the Jets. So I think given how they're going to invest in him, I'm going to be pretty excited about the early target share that he might receive there. And, and he, he more than anyone, I, was, I think I've expressed this on multiple podcasts. I was less concerned about landing spot with him than just about anyone else because of his route versatility and success in, in different wide receiver spots all over the field. And, I mean, when you look at his production profile, he's got an early enough breakout, breakout age. He's got a 90th percentile plus adjusted production index, one of the metrics we have at Rotoviz, uh, one that I worked on and built myself looking at dominator yards per team pass attempt and touchdowns per team pass attempts uh, just about every kind of lens that you want to look through at elijah moore it's like checkbox checkbox check that or yeah check that one and this one and that one and the only thing if we're going to knock him is just that he's going to the jets and the jets just ruin people's careers but um i think if anybody's going to break that mold it's going to be elijah moore so I, I actually moved him up just slightly um he was already my wide receiver uh, three, but just I, I moved him up one more slot in terms of overall ranking, I believe. So yeah, I'm really excited about Elijah Moore. Wow. Okay, yeah. I mean, that is really impressive. For me, he cracked into my top five. I wasn't as high on him. 
Uh, you made a lot of, in, you know, really good points about the profile there. And then the other thing that kind of stood out to me while well, we were doing the ranking summit this week with the rest of the Rotoviz team that worked on the uh, the rookie guide, Sean made some compelling arguments for Wilson. Uh, and when I consider that, the fact that this is a new coaching staff, we're going to kind of have a new era of Jets football I realize that I need to correct to some level on my perception of this team. You're going to have Wilson, a guy with some upside, um, an athletic passer. Maybe the identity of this team can start to trend in the right way. And I mean, last year, Crowder, 89 targets. Brashad Perriman, now gone, 59 targets. Braxton Berrios, 55 targets. Chris Herndon at 46. Be all that as it may, and that we have new faces there. We only have so much of an idea of what's going to happen. Like you said, there's a lot of things that Elijah Moore can do. Um, and to me, there's no reason that he can't, given where they drafted him, step right in away and make an immediate impact. Um, so I, I guess the final question, see, the great thing about talking to Travis is not only does he have the film side, he's got the analytics side, he's really got the whole picture. Is Elijah Moore one of these guys that's ready to hit the ground running, can come in and be ready to play in the pros? Absolutely. I mean, like, as I kind of mentioned in his final season, he really proved he could play any wide receiver position. Yep. I mean, early on, there was some, some concerns like, oh, he's just like this gadget guy, this this slot wide receiver. Uh, and that was partly just because of the scheme that Ole Miss was running and the, the kind of almost quarterback by committee back and forth nonsense they were running in 2019. But when Lane Kiffin changed things, cleaned things up and gave the reins to Matt Corral, uh, we saw the depth and breadth of of every bit of talent that Elijah Moore had, and he was averaging basically over 10 touches per game for the Ole Miss Rebels, the entirety of that offense through the air. And so I, I'm confident he can he can garner that kind of uh, market share in any NFL offense, especially one that, that really needs a, a playmaker yep. to step up. Awesome. And I mean – it's very likely that he's going to be one of the best offensive players that they have on that team now. So hopefully he can be that playmaker. Now I'm, I'm excited that I get to talk with you about this next player here because Javante Williams was one of those guys that you really liked. We now have him going to Denver selected at pick 35, which gets him into a list of comps from the box score scout with guys like Deandre Swift, carry on Johnson, Mark Ingram, Felix Jones, Miles Sanders, Doug Martin, Eddie Lacy, Sony Michelle. That is a pretty impressive list. The question that people are going to have, though, is Williams good enough to come in and supplant Melvin Gordon right out of the gate? So maybe quickly break down for us, A, why you liked Williams so much, and then B, how much of a threat you think he could be to Melvin Gordon in year one. Yeah, so Javante Williams was my running back three, I think, as early as last September. Uh, I had actually some deeper uh, Debbie Fantasy Football League shares of John Javante Williams coming into the year just because of the opportunity uh, that he and Michael Carter were going to have in uh, one of the highest flying offenses in college football. And man, when they committed, as they kind of hinted that they would in spring ball, uh, to more of a, a run first uh, mentality and just to kind of grind through uh, you know their opponents and just run them into submission uh javante williams just took off and he was their their go-to in the red zone he was the the stronger back between the two and and really when you, on, on tape he and and really even measured speed javante williams even though he weighs like 20 pounds more was just as fast as michael carter and so i was really excited about javante williams because you got this guy 
that has more broken tackles than anyone else in college football adds more like yards after contact than anyone else in college football and just continually finds ways to impress even as a receiver and is is even though it's not like the perfect analytical profile in terms of like a running back dominator because he's sharing with well another good running back that's now in the nfl as well like he was still showing that hey like I, I can take this NFL talent that's across the running back room from me, and I can still definitively look better than this guy. Uh, so I, I was really excited about Javante Williams, and now he, he enters a situation where he's, you know, Melvin Gordon was good four years ago, something like that. Uh, his knees, we've known, were about to fall apart for four years, maybe five years now. So I think there's at the very least he's going to be a really solid one B but I would I would bet on him being the one a just being a much younger uh, at this point stronger and and better shape version of of anything Melvin Gordon hoped to be and if Melvin Gordon does have issues with his knees or any other things that come along with running backs uh, that are around you know their second uh, contract or at well into their second contract, uh, he's going to be in a situation where he could have the entirety of that workload and, and just take over the offense. And uh, at the very least, I think he could be the go-to back uh, in scoring opportunity, uh, scoring opportunities and goal to go situations yep. as he was for like, you know, 20 plus of his touchdowns last year. Yeah. And I think that, like you said, it makes a lot of sense as to why Williams should get involved. And then the other thing that I really like about a player like this is in redraft this year, people are going to be concerned about Gordon, but I really think if you get him on your team, the odds that by the end of the season, he's playing a very substantial role and has overtaken Gordon, there's a Mm -hmm. number of ways in which that could happen. Now, last year, uh, Melvin Gordon was 22 in terms of expected points per game. Um, he was 11 in opportunities at the running. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Back position. Uh, He had, let me see, what was it here? Um, 215 rushing attempts, but Philip Lindsay also had 118 and Royce Freeman had Mm -hmm. 35. So that right there should tell you that um, Williams already has some window into getting some work so i mean i'm pretty excited about the possibilities of what we could see about williams i think for redraft really he should be on your radar if that adp stays down dynasty he seems pretty exciting as well um so the final question here for you was there a landing spot that you would have been more excited to see him going to or is this one actually end up being more exciting than people would think sugar ray leonard roberto duran Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. 
I think this one's more exciting than I thought because just like Elijah Moore, initially I was like, oh, crap. I, I wanted like the Falcons. And yep. it was funny because I think, the, well, the, the Falcons traded it out of this pick in the very <laughs> – and it was Javante. I was like, dang it. Come on, just keep the pick. And and uh, and I was hoping, okay, so maybe it's not going to be the Falcons, but the Dolphins have a pick coming up. And, nope, Javante goes to the Broncos. I, I, I was hoping early day two you would get the workload and a healthy offense in Atlanta – I was hoping that Miami was just like so tired of playing this running back, uh, just carousel trying to figure out, Hey, does this warm body work? Uh, you know, I was, I was hoping that they would just commit there, but, uh, I, I actually am, am uh, kind of pleasantly surprised after kind of looking at the opportunity and the shelf life of the back, ahead, you know, that yep. even looks ahead of him. So yeah, I definitely like the spot and he's well inside my first round, uh, for uh, really both super flex and one QB. Very cool. All right, let's move on to a player here that uh, we at Rotoviz really liked for a long time um, in this year's class. Then we kind of had this issue of his height, and that's Rondell Moore. Nonetheless, <laughs> despite being about 5'7", goes at pick 49 to the Arizona Cardinals. For listeners, I want to remind them of this ridiculous freshman season that ended when he was just 18 and a half years of age. In 13 games, 1,258 yards, 12 receiving touchdowns, receiving dominator of 0.37. Given the draft capital, comps with guys like Deshaun Jackson, Mike Wallace, DJ Chark, Brandon Cooks, KJ Hamler, Calvin Ridley, Randall Cobb, DD Westbrook, Justin Hunter, I think the concern that people are going to have here, Travis, would be you have DeAndre Hopkins. Of course, that could be a good thing. You also have A.J. Green. They've drafted Andy Isabella in the past. Can Rondale Moore really be the second option in Arizona and turn that into something really productive from a fantasy lens? What do you think? They've been trying to get somebody that looked like Rondale Moore for a few drafts now. I mean, if you look at like Christian, like Rondale Moore is – is everything they wanted Christian Kirk to be. And then they wanted Andy Isabella to be. And like he's the best of everything that those guys do and more, except he's stronger and he's faster uh, and he's potentially more agile than any of those guys. And then analytically speaking, he's got the, like, he was basically after his freshman year, he was done. It's like, okay, check. I can just sit out the next two years and I'm good enough to play in the pros already. I could have out of high school. Like he was already benching small SUVs (laughs) out of high school, you know, like just, it was just ridiculous. He was a freak and it was really weird that he was, I think it was really just his size, even coming out of high school that kept him from being in five-star status. Cause he ran in the four threes, like verified four, three, three, in high school and so uh he, he basically turned down alabama uh in the same class i believe that uh, jalen waddle you know was in and, and so he um uh he actually could have gone to alabama and uh, i think everyone would have liked him even more if he played for alabama but man he dominated and won the paul hornung award for being the most versatile player in all of college football in his true freshman season like that doesn't happen like if you and if you look at if you look at the guys that that won that award uh, before him. You're looking at guys like Saquon Barkley. You're looking at guys like Jabril Peppers, who was like a two-way player in college. Odell Beckham Jr., like a bunch of first-round talents. Like that's what we're looking at with Rondale. And the only reason that he wasn't was really just because of his height. Uh, Because he was he was mocked well inside the first for for months, Uh, and so people were like, "Oh wait, he's you know two inches shorter than what we thought he might be." And really, that's just an overreaction because. 
he was already a unicorn in every way, shape, and form. Uh, and so I, I would much rather bet against somebody who fit a mold that we've seen fail several times rather than something that we've basically never seen before. And so uh, I think he's going to have a role and he's going to have it early. But this first year might not be perfect just because they still have a, a few other faces around. But I think by year two, he's going to be the definitive second target in that offense. I really loved the way that you summed that up there with some of those thoughts on Moore. And, and the thing that I thought was the most interesting about it was when you would watch him play, you never would have questioned if somebody had even said to me, like, that guy's 5'10", right? So, like, to find out that he was the 5'7", I did have to take some time to digest that, but it's it's one of those things, if it doesn't manifest into what he's actually doing and the way he was challenging corners, safeties, pretty much everybody on the field, it doesn't really need to matter to me that much. And also, he's going to do a coach, Cliff Kingsbury, that's probably younger, wants to use players in a more creative way than some of these other landing spots that we could have seen. You know, there's a point in time where I was hearing people talking about him going to the Packers. Can you picture him with Mike McCarthy versus somebody like <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury? Right, so overall, this should be a good spot for him to go. And then also, you know, you get to have him lining up opposite DeAndre Hopkins which I actually think is something that should boost his value as he transitions in. So all good things there. Yep. Right. Same page. And plus he went to my alma mater. So I, I'm a little biased, but <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very nice. Very nice. Got to add that in there. All right. So um, let's talk about a player that you have liked more than many other people. I'm really also glad this is working out perfect for me because now we get to hear you talk about Tutu Atwell goes to the Rams. And I think that some people are going to view this as a confusing landing spot, given the fact that you have Robert Woods firmly entrenched there. Of course, you have Cooper Cup. They brought in uh, Van Jefferson fairly early in the draft last year. They also have Deshaun Jackson. Um, Tutu Atwell weighs potentially is it actually the actual number is it 149 or 145 do we so know with his his pro day i believe it was 155 with his indianapolis medical check it was 149 yep so i mean my weight fluctuates like crazy if i weigh in the morning i'm i'm way lighter than in the yeah. evening I, I don't care it's around 150 pounds whatever it is uh he basically like I think I, I don't know how many people I've seen on Twitter or even on podcasts like, yep. yeah, I weighed 150 when I was in middle school. It's like, <laughs> congratulations. Like you yeah. were a Husky middle schooler. I don't know. It's just, I don't know, but it's just, people want to pick them apart, but uh, he would probably be the, basically the first 150 pound wide receiver to succeed. There are a few guys that kind of checked in early, you know, just under that or right around that. Like even, uh, who was it? Uh, John oh, Smokey, Smokey Brown. Yeah, John yep. Brown. Like he was super light. He's gained weight. In fact, he's probably gained like 20 pounds since he's been in the pros. And uh, that could happen with Tutu and he would still maintain some speed. But with Tutu, people, I feel like they just oversimplify things. They look at his his size and, and they look at his highlight reel and they go, oh, he's just a gadget guy. And then he was, all he does is jet sweeps and all he does is screens and from the slot and he, he can't do press or whatever. But like, if you look at his ridiculous 2019 season, he had almost 1300 yards. And I know like if you look up his highlight reel, yep. you're going to see a lot of jet sweeps, but that actually only accounted for, uh, you know, 250 ish yards at total. So he had over a thousand yards outside of all those sweeps that you're thinking account for all of his game. Uh, and uh, yeah, he, he did it because he was fast enough to get to the edge and he was agile enough to add yak. 
He was the top five wide receiver in the nation in 2019 in terms of uh, yards after the catch. Um, only behind, I believe it was Devontae Smith, uh, CeeDee Lamb, and Henry Ruggs. I think those were the only three power five wide receivers that were ahead of him in terms of yards after uh, the catch uh, yep. per target. So, I mean, he, he checks a bunch of metrics we love. He had a 91st percentile adjusted production index after 2019. Uh, and the offense overall sputtered this, this past year a little bit with uh, Malik Cunningham figuring some things out at quarterback. But Tutu does a lot of things well, and he's going to play a role early on. Uh, if you look at the targets that they just lost, they just, for some reason, the Titans thought it would be a good idea to bring in Josh Reynolds after being a wide receiver three or four for for forever. He's not good, but so he had 81 targets, and they they just sent Gerald Everett to, I believe, the Seahawks on a one-year deal, and he's he, he had 61 targets. So, like, they just shed 140 targets. I know Woods and Cup just ate a bunch of targets. I think 120-plus each but I think there's still a role for him to fill that they haven't had yet. And Van Jefferson, Van Jefferson, I think they're quickly realized, oh crap, this guy's old and bad. He's already like 25 years old. Let's try again. So I, I, I'm firmly believing that Tutu is going to have a role early on. Yes, and, and to the point too, um, just because Van Jefferson went early last year, let's remind people that this was something that was not expected because if you had looked at the overall profile for him he did not look like the type of guy that was going to go anywhere near where he did now i think we should probably also mention with tutu in 2019 he scored 12 touchdowns in 13 games in 2020 he scored seven touchdowns in nine games that Mm -hmm. is really impressive and perhaps speaks to why in this isolated case with this player the size might not be as much of a thing that we need to worry about as it would with other players. And I actually also think that it's good that he's stepping into an offense where there's Cooper Cup and Robert Woods that teams need to account for off the bat. Maybe it gives Sean McVay some time to think about what they can actually do with him, which from what it, from what it sounds like, you think that there's a lot that they can do with him and it does not have to be a gimmick player. No, but I think he's immediately the guy that they go to if they want to kind of funnel a play to and, and build something special and create something for because yep. he can just do so much with the ball in his hands in a way that literally no one else on the offense can. And so I I think he's going to just be in for some fun work as well. I think people are going to see a few boom weeks and just, if you're investing in any player in in any done in in any fantasy format that you want, uh, you want somebody that that flashes on film that that you can move later on, even if you don't want to keep him. Mm -hmm. And I think Tutu has plenty of opportunity uh, to do that. Uh, even in just limited splashes as a, as a rookie. Yep. So when we hear about comps getting made for him, most people are going to have that proclivity to go to a player that's smaller. But if you just look at like his overall skill set, the things that he can do, do you think there's a there's a player out there that you would point to and say this is a good example of somebody that's as well rounded and able to do as many things as he could? Um, man, yeah, that, that's tough. Like, it, I would I would say like. Um, I would say like early career, uh, pre like I don't know what was his a hip injury, a few other things like early career like Randall Cobb. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, but but like with more speed. Yep. Um, and probably even better agility, like somebody like that. Like yep. if you if you mix like the the fun deep threat nature of Deshaun Jackson's game with Randall Cobb, I think that would be some kind of not some kind of uh, Frankenstein version that would look like Tutu Atwell. Oh wow! All right, so upside anyway. Travis, this is this has been an absolute smashing success because I was really hoping that I could leave this podcast with a lot of enthusiasm about Tutu. 
and I think that you have managed to get me there. <laughs> Good. Which is pretty have, incredible. Uh, some some listeners are like, shut up, man. You're so wrong. He's still just 155. Whatever. It's like, I'm, I'm just excited. I just like, I love rooting for the guy, man. I, It's just, he, he's got a fun profile. Got the capital now. Let's just, let's just call it a day and then realize that he's a good player. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. So uh, we are going to have more pods with Travis this week. But Travis, uh, let these people know where they can find you. And I want to make sure that everybody goes out and does this. Sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. I talked things on Clubhouse at Titan Travis. And uh, I've got the top 100 rookie series coming out in a few different segments this week, uh, both uh, individual defensive players and offensive players. Uh, so, yeah, should be a lot of fun. Yes. And definitely go check out the College to Canton oh, yeah. podcast. My own podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the College to Canton podcast where I talk about everything, basically college prospects and the journey from, you know, recruit, prospect, rookie, all the way to the Hall of Fame. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. All right. Well, Really, really appreciate you coming on. Reminder to listeners, if you want to win a t-shirt, send us in a question at 978-615-9214. Thanks for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Email us at rotovizffshow at gmail.com. Visit rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information on listener-only discounts. And until next time, thanks for stopping by. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.